When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Shrekbein, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. We are live at St. Vincent College here at Latrobe, Pennsylvania, wrapping up week one of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. It was an exciting one. It was a warm one. We got tan. We got wet plenty of action how you feeling my friend feeling good we we did battle you know the elements we battled some heat we battled some rain some no doubt faulty podcast mics we are we are we worked through a lot this week but it was fun it was good to be back and watch the football actually happen and and see what these 2023 Steelers look like in person for for really the first time yeah yeah I agree and we do apologize to uh Everybody who hung with us during the mic issues, hopefully we get them fixed here. Uh, hopefully next week as we go live, uh, that they, they do not bug out and we have no issues moving forward. Uh, we apologize again. Appreciate all the love and support that we've gotten through this week. We got plenty more action coming for you guys. We're going to dive into some winners, some losers from week one. But first, the biggest news outside of Monty the Mullet calling it quits in the middle of week one. Quan Alexander is here in Pittsburgh or here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers on a one-year deal, joins the Pittsburgh Steelers as they enter week two of training camp, uh, an option that they looked into earlier in the offseason, decided to bring back now that they've entered camp. You know, what were your thoughts when you saw the signing? Yeah, this is a, this is a good move. Um, I feel like he's in a sweet spot where he's still pretty young, uh, but has a ton of veteran experience. He's more of a coverage guy, which I feel like is a different skill set than Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts, um, who to me seem like more uh, inside the box type of players. Um, he's, you know, uh, I, I think he has a position that really needs it. Um, this, you probably have two inside linebackers that you were actually real comfortable with as, as starters going into, going into training camp here, but now you have three probably. Uh, cause you know, the next guy is, is Mark Robinson and, and we'll talk about him in a minute, but you know, I don't know how confident, you know, that's one injury away from, Mark Robinson or Tanner Muse or someone having to step up and be a starter. And that might've concerned you a little bit, but with Quan Alexander, it just adds another dimension. It makes you so much deeper and gives you another, uh, gives you another starting quality guy, but a guy who can also bring you a little bit of a different skill set. So when your deal seems like a good move. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I think that Quan is a guy that, you know, you put the pieces to the puzzle together, and I know I've said that a number of times this offseason, but Cole Holcomb seems to be the field general. Landon Roberts is the run stuffer. Quan Alexander could come in here and be a passing option. I just think that it rounds out all of your options, and the Steelers don't really, they didn't come in here with a hardcore plan. They didn't come in here looking at any of these three guys as the future of the inside linebacker position. They look at all three of them as, hopefully this guy works out and we could keep him for the next 
however many years. But for right now, it's just about finally finding a piece, and that's all the Steelers are doing. And at this point, they're just testing out anybody that they could get their hands on. Quan Alexander has some skills that the other two I don't think possess as strongly and is able to come in here and kind of compete for a starting job. Do you take that as a lack of faith a little bit in Mark Robinson, who I think a lot of people had very high hopes for coming into St. Vincent? Yeah, I think those high hopes, quite honestly, if you're asking me, might have been a little premature. Um, I think this is a guy who's still a ways away from really contributing in super meaningful ways. That's not to say that the team is – I, I would say that I don't think the team has less confidence in him. I still think they believe in his potential. But when you consider that Quan is a one-year deal, Mark will, I think, be around for at least another year. You know, you still, you know, aren't putting him into super pressure packed situation. You can let be a situational player and just use him in situations that are advantageous to him while Quan takes on a larger role. And then, you know, next year, if, if he doesn't show much improvement, if you don't think that there's a full time future there for, for, uh, for Mark Robinson, then you let him go and you, and you move on. But that's not a problem that I think they're worried about until next year. Yeah, I, I look at it the same way. Like, you know, what was the expectations for Mark Robinson? You looked at him starting the end of last season and really taking on those reps, but I think it was more of, hey, let's get his feet wet. Let's work these things out. Let's, you know, see what we have in Mark Robinson because these other guys aren't going to be here longer than a year. You now look at him coming in here and it's just, okay, cool. Can we develop him a little bit more? He is still certainly in this competition. He still is certainly a player that could compete for some quality playing time. But I think overall, you just got to look at him and go, okay, you know, Mark is a sixth round pick and he's only entering year two of his career, year three now of his career. You know, he's he's not somebody that you're going to look at and say, oh, OK, this guy's definitely going to turn into anything. The Steelers hope he turns into something. I think he's got the potential to. But do I think it's a shot at anybody? No, I just think it's we need the best pieces that we could find. That's how the Steelers view this. And they went out and they got somebody that they believe is the best piece that they could find. And, and now they're going to try to make it work. Quan Alexander, in my opinion, good signing. I think the Steelers kind of rounded that out. They do have one roster spot left after Monty the Mullet did retire wondering where they're going to go with that one but I think that's a uh, kind of wait and see Alfonso Graham and Demonte KZ's injuries will play a role into that I believe but that's just something that we're gonna have to wait uh, from what I know Alfonso Graham will learn the extent of his injury tomorrow or today I guess when this is released and we'll, we'll kind of know more from there let's dive into week one of training camp winners losers I think there were plenty of both We'll start with the winners. We've gone over this every single day on these live streams about, hey, who is impressed today? Who is not impressed today? We've come up with plenty of names. Who is your winner or at least one of your winners in week one of Steelers training camp? Well, I think the one guy who I think across all four days was really impressive in each one of those days was Anthony McFarland. Um, that was yes. a guy that we that we came back you know, every night and we were talking about how his speed was really impressive. He was playing with a bunch of different units, but looked really comfortable in all of them. He was running the ball. He was catching out of the backfield. That speed was on full display. And even in situations where, okay, they're in pads, they're not hitting you full. Like he was out running everyone, you know, like there were plays where he was ripping off big chunks of yards and there was no one who really, even you would think even in pads had a prayer of, catching up with him in the open field. So Anthony McFarland was probably my biggest one coming in. He was really bound for that running back three spot. And he 
had the upper hand, I think, coming into this this week, but he expanded his lead and is is so far ahead, I think, especially with, you know, like you mentioned, Alfonso Graham going down, like the competition behind him is so far in the rear view as it stands right now. Yeah, that's how I kind of view it, too, is Anthony McFarlane has been the most impressive guy here at training camp. In my opinion, he has kind of lit up the field. There are a lot of people talking about, oh, well, he's an RB3, he's a non-factor. I kind of disagree to a point. I mean, Anthony McFarlane has taken first team reps every single day. He's got a connection with Kenny Pickett. He's making plays with the first team guys. He's busting out long runs. I get it. There are no pads on. We have two more days before the Steelers actually start to utilize their running backs in ways that you will decide whether or not they make this football team. But for right now, it is really nice to see what Anthony McFarlane is doing. He's definitely my biggest winner just because of his versatility and what he's putting on the field and just really how unstoppable he is. At this point, he's catching passes on the sideline. He's bursting big runs. He's you know, finding open spots. There's just seemingly nothing that he hasn't done well. And again, you know, people have pointed this out. He's Mr. July. He's Mr. August. He's done this before. I agree 100%. But I also think that maturity comes in the NFL and development is always different for every single player. And if this is the year, if it took four seasons for Anthony McFarland to burst out and become this big star, this big playmaker, well, then this is the year. If, if not, then, you know, we'll see it again and we'll be disappointed at the end of August. But for right now, I'm going to say I'm going to take exactly what I see. And what I see is Anthony McFarlane looks looks very, very, very good. Um, my big winner so far or, or one of my winners, Anthony McFarlane, was definitely my my top one. But Connor Hayward is another one for certain. He actually took a, a run today, which I, you know, I laughed at and just said, you know, that was cool. I'm glad that he's actually finally getting some full back reps. He's getting some half back reps, which. Now, I don't want to be this guy, but a couple of months ago, people were saying there's no way he's going to play fullback. No, he's definitely going to play fullback. He is their fullback. He is their halfback. He's their tight end. He's their slot receiver. I talked to Mitch Trubitsky the other day, and he said that, you know, Connor's just so good that they're going to find a place for him and they're going to find a role for him. And he's going to make plays on this offense. Um, I think he's been very, very impressive with what we've seen from him so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I first heard that, you know, kind of H-back fullback idea for Connor Hayward, I was worried, you know, are they trying to, you know, shoehorn him into a position that he might not fit in just because they want to get him on the field, you know? Yes. But I think it's it's kind of played out with the best case scenario, which is he fits in all of these roles, actually. They're not looking for a position for him. They have positions for him. They're just figuring out okay, when do we want to use him in this position? When do we want to use him in that position? Where is he most effective? And I think next week is going to – I think he's already been really impressive, but next week when we can maybe see him as a blocker, as a fullback, I think that's going to – I'm optimistic that he's going to perform just as well and he's going to show that he can be a complete player like that when the pads actually come on. He's not just you know a pass catcher and he can run when there are no pads on. I think he's actually going to be able to – to block some guys and really be a full-time member of this offense in all of those different roles. Yeah, I kind of see Connor Hayward right now as a guy who's going to be utilized all over the field, who is going to be a much bigger piece of this offense than I think me and you or anybody anticipated coming in here. Just like you said, like he could do so much and the Steelers look at him in such a positive light that again, like I agree with you. I just, 
I don't see how he isn't on the field a good chunk of the time on offense this season if it continues. And I mean, there are there are people out there that are like he's there's no way he's the second best route runner on this team. I think right now, yeah, he probably is. You know, I think he's always opened. And if you could if you could use him as a Swiss Army knife and get the most out of him, I don't see how you keep him off the field. You got a you got another winner for us. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked at the personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? As somebody who only wants the right information online for me and my loved ones, it's very important that not everything is leaked on the internet. Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. Today's sponsors, Aura, can identify data brokers exposing your information and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. Brokers are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do so. Let Aura handle it for you. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats you can't see. I just started using Aura, and let me tell you, when you Google my name now, things feel, well, pretty good. It's really easy to set up so you don't have to download several different apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, VPN, password management, identity theft insurance, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. Let Aura do the hard work of keeping you safe online so you can focus on other tasks with peace of mind. You can either let people continue to exploit and profit off of your private information or you can go to Aura.com slash Steelers Talk to start your two-week free trial. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Steelers Talk for your two-week free trial of Aura. Yeah, and, and this is another guy that I think has a reputation as a Mr. July or a Mr. August, but Cody White has yes. caught everything. Like he, He's just Literally caught everything. everything. I have not seen him drop a pass. Um, and it's another guy who I think is climbing up. You know, he's kind of a perpetual, he was a perpetual, you know, third team or maybe gets one or two snaps with the second team, but you can see him start to climb a little bit. Um, again, it's, it's one of those guys that, you know, you got to wait and see what, what comes in next week and, and, you know, what comes with time because he's, I think done this before, but I mean, if he sticks around like that's, he, he has a bunch of special teams experience, you know, he, is looking like playmaker on offense. Like I think he's a guy who could push a pretty deep receivers room. And I, I guess that's my biggest takeaway too, is that just this receivers room looks a lot deeper than even, you know, I, I came in with pretty high expectations and pretty high, a pretty high image uh, and opinion of the receivers room. But Cody white adds another layer to it. And he's just been really impressive all week catching passes from a couple of different quarterbacks too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, Cody White's been a dude. He hasn't dropped a single ball. I don't believe he's made some very impressive diving catches or some one-handed grabs. Um, but he is like he's he's the practice squad guru. He is the Mister July, Mister August as well. The thing about Cody White, and I agree with you, he is definitely a winner here. But my thing about Cody White is there's nothing that he does that is just like extraordinary. You know what I mean? You don't look at him and say, oh, this guy could break out a 60-yard run or this guy could go up and get a jump ball or anything. He just does everything consistently well, you know? Like, But he's he's a bland NFL player. And unfortunately, I think that holds him back a little bit. But I think that if you're fighting for that sixth spot and they come down to, oh, well, it's Gunner, it's, you know, maybe it's Hakeem Butler, maybe it's Cody White, I'm not going to say Cody White can't beat everybody else out. You know, I think that 
if he stays consistent, I think he's got the highest mountain to climb to make the 53-man roster, but there's a reason they've kept him around this long. There's a reason that he's played in active games throughout his career. You know, you look back to, I think, the 2020 season and or maybe the 2021 season and Cody White goes down with an injury and everybody's talking, oh, he's done. That's the end of Cody White. He's going to get cut and, you know, we'll never see him again in Pittsburgh. I've heard in that season when that happened that the Steelers didn't want to cut him. They didn't even think about it because they look at Cody White as a guy who might have the best hands on the team at the time. There's a reason that he's still around. I'm going to say that. And I don't know if he makes this team, but I think right now, heading into week two, he's putting up a good resume to say, hey, look at maybe this is the year that I break this 53 man roster. Maybe this is the year that I contribute to this team, even if it's just on special teams. I do. I think uh I think Cody White's Cody White's definitely been a pretty a pretty solid winner. Um I'm gonna go the other side of the ball here. Keanu Neal has been a stud. Absolute yeah. stud. Uh, rushing off the edge. At this point, he's the only starting safety that is still healthy with Minka missing time with personal issues and DeMonte KZ being out with an ankle injury. He's playing deep safety. He's playing in the box. He's playing inside linebacker. He rushed off the edge. He's playing a little bit of slot. He's doing everything. He's exactly what the Steelers want him to be. He looks good. He looks fresh. He looks young and energetic. I mean, you know, he's just a guy that right now he he very much so excites me. Right, and especially with Juan in the mix now, it's I think there's you're going to see more of him at safety, and just the way the the roster looks right now, like you said, with KZ and Minka kind of out for the foreseeable future, Neil's going to get to show what he. Is. I, I feel like there's much more confidence in him as an inside the box player, quite honestly, at least from my end, yes. like as a thumper and you know run stopper. So. We're going to get to really see him as a pass coverage guy. And I thought, you know, in the limited reps we did see of him here, like he looked pretty good. He looked very solid in in pass coverage. I was not, you know, very concerned at all about that. And I think he probably exceeded what the image I had in my head of him as a pass coverage guy was like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of coming in here, I thought, okay, he could be a better Terrell Edmonds and what the Steelers want him to do. But at the same time, there's got to be a reason that he's b- bounced around the NFL like he has. I don't know. Maybe things change when the pads come on. But for right now, he's a dude that I'm looking at and going, yeah, no, Quana, or, uh, Keanu Neal could be a scary piece yeah. to the Steelers defense. He just feels like a Steeler. You know what I mean? Like oh, you yeah. watch him play and you go, oh, yeah, that's a Steeler. You know, that's right. a guy right there. And uh, yeah, I do think that the right. I do think the upside is there. You got a uh, you got another one? Um, I was just going to agree with your point about Keanu Neal kind of feeling like a stealer. I think he's not making this comparison at all, but I think built in the mold of like Troy Palomalu and uh, and even uh, Ryan even, Clark, dude. Yeah, Ryan Clark. Yeah, that was hard. Ryan Clark vibes. Yeah, obviously, you know, probably not as good as those guys, but I think plays with a similar edge and a similar style. Um, so I, I think that's a really good point, and I, and I like that a lot. And I I think that's a that's a really good that's a really good thing to point out because I think he's that just adds to you know the, kind of the good fit that he is in Pittsburgh. I, I kind of want to stick with another safety who, you know, in the absence of Minka, in the absence of, of uh, DeMonte KZ has really stepped up. And that was Kenny Robinson. Um, this is a guy that, that Mike Tomlin pointed out, you know, as a guy who was really making plays and making the most of, of this special opportunity that he's gotten. Um, I believe this is a former XFL guy who is passed around oh, the I NFL. 
Probably. XFL right. USA. You might be right. I, I don't know. I don't pay attention to Kenny Robinson. I know he's a local kid. Wilkins yes, Park. that's well, that's kind of why I knew. So Kenny Robinson, I think, was a West Virginia local kid. Yep. Um, so that's what I think why I kind of vaguely had him in the back of my mind um, when I'm 99% sure he was in the XFL at some point. But anyway, he, he's been so good. He's been all around the field. He is always around the ball when he is on the when he is on the field, um, making plays and pass coverage. He had an interception today. It was a poor decision and throw by Mason Rudolph, but hey, he took advantage of it and came up with the ball. Um, so I, I just been so impressed with him, and he keeps moving up the, you know, kind of unofficial depth chart. It is, you know, in part, like I said, because. Demonte KZ and, and Minka Fitzpatrick are not available right now, but he's earning more. Re- like it's not completely on accident that he's moving up to like the second team and even a little bit of the first team. He's he's earned those reps there. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I'm glad that you brought him up because if you weren't, I was gonna. He <laughs> he is he's taken over. You know, like he's a guy that in the last two three days has just gone off and made play after play. Yeah, he actually had two interceptions today. One of them was in seven. Oh shots right, and, right, and right, right. Yeah, 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 and then the second one was the deep ball to Calvin, both from Mason. Um, but yeah, dude, he is—he looks good. Like he, it, it, every day you're out here and you're hearing coaches yell like, "You got a boy, Kenny? Like, way to do with Kenny?" And you're just like, "Kenny Pickett? No, Kenny Robinson." Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you know, I don't know how he makes his way out of the step chart. I don't know what he could do. I don't know where the the ceiling is for this guy when it comes to the Steelers. But this has happened before, and you've seen guys break onto the scene that you never saw you never thought could be possible but if we're going to pick a guy right now that i think is having the best defensive play out there this week i would say kenny robinson if not my next guy and kenny robinson might be might be the two i would say and that guy is elijah riley and i would Mm -hmm. say those two right there have consistently every single day done nothing but impress you you know neither of them have had seemingly had a bad moment at least that you could pick up on. Right. It's just like good play after good play in different ways. Like Kenny Robinson's out here making interceptions and, you know, PB, PBUs and our, our pass breakups, excuse me. And uh, Elijah Riley's out here, pass breakups, interception on the first day. He's had a sack every single day. Um, he's just a dude that, you know, right now, both of those guys just feel like they're, they're just out here balling. You know, like, and I don't know if it's because they're playing against the second team for a large chunk of this. I have no idea, but they, they do. They both look very, very good. But even then, like you're, they're doing both those guys, Robinson and Riley are doing exactly what you would expect someone who could be a huge contributor to this team to do against the second team. You know, they, they look like they are in a class all their, like all their own when they're playing against those second, they, they are a step above those second team guys. So clearly every time they step on the field. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's, I mean, I don't, again, like, I don't know. I think for Elijah Riley, like that's, uh, he's been my guy since the beginning to be the starter. Um, and I think that that's still very much so a strong possibility, but for Kenny Robinson, I don't know where the ceiling is. I don't know what, where he's going to max out, but if he keeps going, like there's going to be a strong argument for this guy to make the roster somehow and figure out his way there again. I don't know how he does it, but I mean, you go into week two and both of these guys, that's all you hear is that a boy, Elijah had a boy, Kenny you got to start picking up on something and saying, okay, well, this guy is a guy that we have to start. We have to start watching for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's flip it over to the other side here. Some week one losers. I think we got a couple of them. I'm going to let you go first. Who's the, who's your starter here for uh for week one loser? 
Yeah, it's a little unfortunate because I just don't think this week with no pads like really plays to his strengths. But Darnell Washington, I don't think had a good week, and yeah. part of it wasn't even you know he wasn't able to show off his blocking ability. He had a ton of drops. I felt like um, he also had a false start in seven shots one time when he was working with I believe the first team, and those those plays stick out. Um, that's just a, a pressure packed moment, and you know he's a rookie. I get it. You know first first kind of NFL action, but you know they they're. It works hoping to, expecting to trust him with some some pretty major responsibilities. And he just kind of has not lived up to, I think, the hype that, that a lot of people had for him, that I had for him. Long way to go, obviously, but it, it was not a good start, I think, for Darnell Washington this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought Darnell, you know, it's not his strong suit. I get it, but there's just been no moment where you're like, oh, Darnell Washington, that could be the guy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just Connor Hayward's done so well. And Pat Fryermuth is Pat Fryermuth to the point where you just, there are days where you forget that Darnell Washington is on this team and that's mm-hmm. not good. You, I think that could change once the pads come on and he starts just bulldozing guys on the line of scrimmage. I think that would be huge. But for right now, I do agree with you. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about him by no means, but, would label him a loser of week one for sure, because I think it was an opportunity for him to, you know, catch some passes and kind of show that he could be a versatile player. And I don't think he saw that. I don't think he saw that really at all. Um, my big one is is a big disappointment for me. A guy that I have still huge expectations for this season, but I think that dimmed a little bit after week one. And that is Calvin Austin. I thought Calvin had a very, very bad week, dropped a ton of passes a ton of passes never really seemed to get a rhythm going at all the Steelers tried desperately to get this guy moving um and really just I think one play stood out to me from him and that was a deep ball over Cole Holcomb besides that I don't think there was a moment where I went oh that was a good play by Calvin Austin it was really a lot of oh Calvin's not really having a good week in that you know, for a guy like Calvin Austin, who could be such a huge part of this offense and I think the Steelers want to be part such a huge part of this offense it is very disappointing, you know, to sit here and say that he was definitely a week one loser. Yeah. And I think the moments that really stood out to me were when he were ma- was matched up against bigger guys like, you know, Joey Porter, I think occasionally uh, Corey Trice on the outside. Like, I get it. Like, those are bad matchups for him. But if you want to be a full-time contributor, if you want to live up to, I think, the expectations that a lot of people have for you, and like you said, I think that the Steelers have for him, you got to win those. Like no one's going to take it easy on you if you're running with the first team in a real regular season game. So, you know, you can't make excuses like that. And and that's just not how it works. And yeah, it it, it was really a little disheartening. Um, It was a disappointing time for Calvin Austin. I still think he has plenty of time to, to make up for it. He's not, you know, cooked by any means, but uh, it it was just not a good foot to get off on for Calvin Austin uh, in 2023. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that it, this was this was the last thing that we expected, but I do think that some people called it and said, "Hey, maybe there's going to be some rust. Maybe there's going to be some concern here." And maybe, maybe they were right. You got any other losers? Yeah, I thought James Pierre. Um, I I kind of I I like James. I I think I like Pierre. I think I'm a James Pierre guy, but he did yeah, not. Yeah. I, I think I did not think he looked good this week. Um, just didn't stand out first of all, but then also when you did kind of notice that he was on the field, it was because he was getting burned. Um, he was having guys yes. like Cody white catch balls on him. Um, someone I figured would kind of compete for one of those corner spots and, and perhaps play a little bit. I thought he was, I thought he had a decent year last year, you know, like in some, 
some tough spots when the Steelers were dealing with injuries on the back end. I thought he was perfectly capable and perfectly fine as a reserve option, but yeah, just again, not standing out enough for me to be like, yeah, this guy can compete in a really loaded cornerback room when there are open opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, 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 James Pierre is a shocker on this list to me, to be honest with you, but not in a sense of, I thought he was a, didn't think he was a loser more in a sense of, yeah, I didn't really pay attention to James Pierre. And I think that was probably wise because he didn't do anything that impressed me. And uh, I agree. You know, I think the, what, what helps him a little bit here is the fact that guys like Luke Barku haven't been very exciting. Haven't really yeah. impressed me at all. Um, you know, guys like Madre Harbor haven't really impressed me. Corey Trice, who I'm, I, I don't want to label Corey a loser on my list. Yeah. Maybe you have him on yours, but was definitely not a winner. You know, definitely in those big moment opportunities, more times than not, he got beat, which wasn't great. Um, but yeah, James Pierre, I think he's he has such a strong leg on the competition that he could lose it. And you don't want to yeah. see that, you know, happen in week one. And I do think that yeah, maybe he did. Uh, maybe he did fall a little bit. I got one bigger name corner. People are going to be upset about this one too. Joey Porter, Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that. You know, he had a strong day one, really, really strong day one. And then afterwards, I thought he completely fell off. You know, I thought he was getting beat. I thought he just he just didn't seem to have the edge on anybody at all. Like, I'm not saying he didn't make a play here or there, but that's the thing is if he made a play, it was just like the receiver didn't like drop the ball or it was a bad pass or, you know, it wasn't like there was no moment where it was like, oh, Joey, that was a great play by Joey. Not after day one. Um, And I thought that that was disheartening just because he had so many opportunities like they kept this guy on the field and they're going to continue to keep this guy on the field but Joey Porter Jr. would come in with the first team and he would stay for the second team and then he would stay for the third team and then he'd come out for a rep so that Corey Trice could go in and then he'd go back in with the third team and at no moment you know against any of them did you say like oh man that was a huge play by Joey Porter Jr. really I have a lot of notes in, in my notepad that say like you know, great pass by Kenny, great pass by Mitch to whoever Joey Porter in coverage, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and yeah, it is, it is disheartening. Um, I think it's just anytime he really did, make a play, he just wasn't particularly sharp. You know, I think there yes. were times where he did make a play or two, but it was him just using some like freakish length and athletic ability, like, it wasn't necessarily because you felt like he was being really sticky in coverage or he had a good beat on on what was happening, what the offense was trying to attack him with. Yeah, I, I agree with this one. And it's, you know, it's not encouraging. It's kind of a, it's a concerning one, obviously a long way to go. But this is another guy who you just can't make excuses for. This is a guy that people figured was going to be a really key piece right away. And so it is a, a little concerning, I think, on everyone's end to see that, he just hasn't, you know, lived up to what what people wanted from him and, and just doesn't look ready quite yet. Again, understanding that it's week one of his NFL yeah. career. So yeah, yeah, it is week one. You gotta take everything and say, look at this is a huge learning curve for every rookie that comes in here. You I'm not gonna shoot this guy down. I'm not gonna say he's a bust. I'm not even gonna say he's bad. You know, I'm just gonna say that in week one, if we're gonna label winners and losers, Joey Porter Jr., I think, falls in the side of eh. This disappointing week. Disappointing week. Uh, do you have another one? Um, do I have another one? Yes, I yes, and I think this one. This one I went back and forth on because I thought it was 
because I thought he had a good end to the week, but the beginning was, I, I still think there are some holes in his game that are a little concerning. Cause again, I think he's the top of the depth chart guy, but that's Cole Holcomb quite honestly. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like uh, the first two days in particular, I think there were at least each day, three or four times at least where he was getting beat by getting beaten coverage by a receiver or a running back. And that just, that, that seems to me like it's going to be an easy way for real NFL teams and real NFL games to attack him. Um, like I said, he had a better end to the week. I thought they, they used him better situationally where he was rushing the passer. He wasn't getting put on islands with guys like Calvin Austin or Anthony McFarland who can just run right past him. But you know, if guys like that can run right past him, like there are plenty of fast guys on a ton of NFL teams. And if, Hol- if Holcomb can't cover, fast guys that he's going to get targeted and he's going to get picked apart. And that's going to be a pretty glaring hole. You know, you wonder if the, the Quan Alexander thing kind of fixes that and takes him out of the, that role more often, but it was still a little concerning to me. I think you wonder if that's why they signed Quan Alexander, you know, if, if mm-hmm. they thought Cole could have been that guy, they saw it in the first two days and said, eh, maybe he's not going to be that guy. I do think that he came back. I will say this. There were a lot of moments where he was on wide receivers that I thought, mm, this is a bad matchup for Cole Holcomb and this is not ideal. And the defense shouldn't ever put him in this situation because like even it, it, it just shouldn't be expected from him to be able to keep up with Calvin Austin. You know, that yeah. just shouldn't, it's not an, it's not a realistic situation. Um, but, and the offense did a good job of putting him in those situations and making him uncomfortable. But I agree. I thought today he came back he had a really nice pass break up against Najee Harris, which I thought was mm-hmm. impressive. But besides that, I would look at Cole Holcomb. I wouldn't label him just like you said, like I, I would go back and forth. I wouldn't necessarily label him a loser, but I would say that there is plenty of room for growth when it comes to Cole Holcomb and what we've seen out of him. But I will say this, which I think is encouraging is you looked at like Devin Bush and miles Jack last season and Robert Spillane. And at this time last year, you were like, yikes, like this could, you know, it was a good play, good play here, good play there. Eh." Cole Holcomb, like even the plays where like even the play against Calvin Austin, where he gets beat down the side, like he's only a step behind Calvin Austin. And right. you're going, all right, well, that, that wasn't great. Like, that stunk. But if you're only a step behind Calvin Austin as an inside linebacker, that's, right. that's not bad. You know, like yeah. that's, you, you, could, you could build off that. Yeah, I, I think you were, like you said, at this time last year, you were absolutely certain that Spillane, Bush, and Miles Jack were not up to that task. I think you have yeah. a little bit more hope with a guy like Holcomb. And then obviously adding Quan, like that helps a lot. But yeah, he's a step ahead of where, where those guys were, but those guys were many, many steps behind. So, you know, you kind of got to balance that up. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that's a perfect way to end here is, is a middle of the ground guy that says maybe he's a winner, maybe he's a loser, but there's some learning. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this week is the pads don't come on until Tuesday and Tuesday, we will see real football and Tuesday we will get a whole new outlook on everybody that plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers and all the winners and all the losers that we had in week one. It could hurt some guys. It could help some guys. I'm very excited for it. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk and for sticking with us through all the on-road issues. We will have it fixed. I promise you that by Tuesday afternoon, we will be rocking live streams that everybody wants to enjoy and there are no echoes with, no lights shutting off, no camera (laughs) issues, the whole nine. We will have everything down we learning curve for everybody as we get here through Latro, Pennsylvania, St. Vincent College. 
Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. Make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out everything that comes from Steelers training camp at allsteelers.com. And as Pitt heads into training camp next week, find all that action at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back live on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and every day afterwards to bring you the most up-to-date coverage here at Steelers Training Camp. Enjoy a beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.